This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You are watching and listening to Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? I'll tell you what, if there's a God, because it's Sunday, he's up there, he is twisting my melons today, I'll tell you. <laughs> Every button I press is doing the exact opposite to what I want it to do. However, 
Good evening, good day, good morning, good afternoon, good night, goodbye. Hello, welcome along to LTID TV from Leicester Till I Die. Thank you for joining us. Uh, for uh, well, we don't do these very often, but we're going to do a match review. Um, so thank you for joining us and watching. Uh, feel free to join in the chat, or if you are what listening to us on Catch Up on your favorite podcast platform, whatever that is, thank you so much for lending us your ears. It is, of course, bonfire night. You could say that there wasn't many fireworks going off in uh, down the KP on Friday, though. Wasn't that many today when uh, Liverpool played Leicester in the women's either. Had a good weekend all round. Uh, but look, I want to cheer your weekend up now, ladies. Let's bring him in. The man, the myth, the legend, Brad. Good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. How, How are, are you? you? Good evening, Chris. Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Um... Bit of a shock to the system. Leicester did this, played football and didn't win. So um, I'm still absorbing that. But yeah, apart from that, I'm okay, mate. How, how are you? Well, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this losing uh, because I've not been used to it um, much this season. I should have been used to it because, of course, we would have equaled Bristol City's record from 1905. Uh, Dave will probably remember that. Um, if, if we'd have won, um, we I think we could have still been playing now, to be honest with you. And um, I don't think we'd have scored yet. Yeah, it was not our greatest performance. Um, that's putting it nicely, I guess. Um, yeah, it was one of them, I think, for the first time. Um, this season, a manager came out and said, this is what we, how we're going to play against Leicester and actually stuck to it for, for, for 90 minutes. It was a very frustrating side. And I know there's some topics of discussion we're going to touch on tonight that maybe need to be looked at and addressed um, going forward for Leicester because that was the first time I sat there, Chris, and it's I haven't had to say it yet this season, where I've sat there going, we're not going to score. We're just not going to score. And yeah, it took us to the 92nd minute to have a shot of any note on target. That that tells you how well Leeds played and how bad we were. I, I never like to say, oh, it's just because we played badly we lost. No, we lost because we were bad and, and, and they were good. You know, you, you don't lose a game by you just being bad. You lose a game by being outdone by the opposition. Well, to quote, um, to quote Sher... Uh, if I could turn back time, um, it was almost, and I think you said this, didn't you, uh, uh, on the post-match, Rogers-esque almost, wasn't it? Yeah, two substitutes used when you've only got five. Nothing changed except personnel and nothing tactically changed. You know, I was expecting Daka to go on, go two up front, get a bit desperado to get the first draw of the season and nick something. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit Rogers esque, and I know we say that a bit tongue in cheek, but it really was. It wasn't something we got used to under Enzo. You know, with Enzo, we always thought, oh, he'll, he'll chuck on three players if he wants to, you know, rest some players, that's good, or he's changing it up because we're not breaking them down. He's bringing on subs at half time to give us a different personnel, a changing play style. There's nothing we just. You know how to say, don't change a winning side, uh, don't change anything like that, but change something when it's not going right. And I just, 
I'm still asking the question, you know, Maraska, what what possessed you to not want to change things? Yes, yes. I mean, are we a victim of our own success? I mean, look, let's let's take uh, put it into perspective. And it is disappointing. Um, it was probably to me Leeds were the best team we've come up against. You know, uh, by you know, even to me. Than Sunderland, I think whoever finishes above Leeds are going to get promoted. But you know, we've played fifteen, we've lost two. You know, we don't we don't need to sort of press that panic button just yet, do we? No, and even if we didn't go and beat Middlesbrough next weekend, I wouldn't want to push the panic button because, like you said, it's it's thirteen wins out of fifteen, and it's it it is sometimes you know I, I think. You, you'll probably put up the comment in a bit. Um, um, maybe it was the reality check that Leicester needed just at that point because it was getting a little bit too big for your boots sort of thing for Leicester fans, mm. I think, to a majority of them. Um, it's, it's look, at the end of the day, you, you try and find positives from anything in football and... Um, so to the person in chat saying, "Well, I was going well, to bring that up." Actually. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let that get. I'll let that get. So, you know, we're still eleven points clear. Yeah, Leeds yeah. celebrated out like they'd won an FA Cup and Champions League in one in one game. So it tells you how desperate they were to catch up to us. And uh, Ipswich struggled against Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. So. Not, not- not unlike Hull, they celebrated that they won the FA Cup. Um, um, but yeah, just yeah, to, just uh, to... bring up um, PSF. Don't know who you support, uh, PSF. I have um, I have asked the question. Uh, I think Leicester fans have um, um, misplaced confidence. If you really think you will walk the league, you will deluding yourselves i'd love this guy to be a man united fan i really would um look at the start leads okay yeah fair play look look i mean we it doesn't matter whether we walk a game or not you know and if you and obviously you haven't followed the channel i wouldn't have expected you to follow the channel because at the end of the day you're a leeds fan why would you follow a, a leicester chat i understand you're coming in now and you are welcome you are most welcome um i said uh, at the start of the season um, we're not going to walk this. It's not going to be easy. Uh, we've we've virtually got a brand new squad. Um, it looks like we're going to do what Burnley did last year, but they didn't go unbeaten the whole season. Um, you know, every team has bad games. You had three of. I mean, your players. I think we're on strike at some of them at the start of the season. So let's not let's not sort of get too too cocky on one win here, Leeds. But I said at the start of the season, it is a tough league. And I would have been happy this season to have finished seven or eighth. Um, and I've also, also said in this show that, and I've got a couple, of, I've got a Leeds friend, uh, or a friend who's a Leeds fan. We both know Carl, who's, who's a, a Leeds um, YouTuber. And I've said to both of those, that was the hardest game we've had all season. But we expected it to be. And yes, we haven't. I mean, all right, we, we beat Southampton 4-1. We beat Blackburn 4-1. So there's a couple of games that we've won convincingly. Um, but those that we've won 1-0, we still only got three, you know, only get three points for it. And I think you'll find we've still scored the most goals and conceded the least goals in the division, Brad. 
Yeah, I mean, may, maybe there's some Leicester fans out there that are acting like we're going to walk this league. And I know, tongue-in-cheekishly, we have said it. And anyone who, and I understand, you know, PSF, where you're a Leeds fan, why would you watch this channel on a regular basis? But anyone who knows us regularly, we, we say a lot of these things tongue-in-cheek when we say, oh, championship's cakewalk. And then we have a laugh and a joke, and then we talk about the fact that it's not a cakewalk. Um, I mean, you're a handful... You're a handful ahead of promoted teams. Um, do some maths, mate. We're 11 points ahead of yourselves. That's not a handful. That's a massive chunk. So maybe maybe get yourself checked uh, checked in a little bit with your chirpiness. You've just beaten us. Congratulations. You were our best opponent. And I'm not going to say you weren't, but given it all this and there, you're a handful. No... You beat us, and you're still eleven points behind us. Mm. Well, Ipswich is second; it's automatic promotion. So, so what? I don't care for Ipswich. Couldn't give a monkey's what Ipswich do. Top two go up. You're still eleven points behind us after beating us. So, no disrespect. Yes. Yeah. 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 Still uh, four uh, wins uh, off us. Mm. So mm. check yourself first before you come in here saying chirpy chirpy Leicester. Well, I just want well, to bring, bring up. Bring up um, um, where are we? Bear with me, Bear caller. With me caller. Mm. I mean, same we're a few points out of a newly promoted side. Well, how embarrassing is it for you that you're behind a newly promoted side? Just putting it out there, PFF. I wind you up as much as you try and wind me up, mate. I'm a king at these games. I don't give a rat's ass. I'll say it how it is. You're behind a promoted side, so you're doing far worse than you should be. Um, I'm just looking. Now this is what John, who's a friend of mine, said on a message to me today. I'm going to mute you, mate. Sorry. Sorry, I forgot to do it myself. This is what Jay, he's a Leeds fan, and he messaged me last night, jokingly saying, like, how you doing, you know, after you lost. And a bit of banter, as you get, as I know, I don't want to give it to him, don't get me wrong. Uh, and what he said here, because I said to him, um, you are the best team we've come up against this season. You deserve the win. You have a manager who knows how to get promoted, and whoever finishes above you this season will get promotion. And he messaged me back, um, I wouldn't say we deserve the win. Uh, you almost got a draw at the end. Now, if you have a comfortable lead at the moment, and I can't see uh, see you dropping too many points the way you were playing at the moment. So it's all about, you know, which, you know, eyes you look at. It was the toughest game we've had all season, um, but it was an established manager who's got out of that division twice before, also got relegated twice before let's not uh, I think it was twice he got relegated maybe just be the once against a manager who's what 15 games into uh, his managerial career in this country and only 27 games into his managerial career full stop yeah exactly and and, and again you know I, I, I can only imagine that PSF has been viewing a lot of Leicester channels or some Leicester channels that um, have been getting a bit smug and carried away. Again, you're at the wrong channel if you think we're going to sit here raging at your beaters. 
you're a freshly relegated side just like us. You have the same expectations as we do this season, which is to get back up at the first attempt. And he's very right. We have sat here before we played you, before we lost you, and even now afterwards, and we'll be saying it in five, ten games' time, it's still early days. You're very right, PSF. It is still early days. We're taking nothing for granted. But also, in the realms of expectation, if you'd have told any Leicester fan, even the most optimistic Leicester fan, they would have won 13 out of 15 league games when there is literally only record-setting Reading that can hold a torch to that because of the points they ended up accumulating. Mm. You know, it's going... <laughs> I've just seen Highfield's comments. Um, it's going to be a season where we're not expecting to win every game. We didn't expect to beat you last night, and uh, Friday night, sorry, and we didn't. You know, we've played somewhat. We didn't expect to beat Southampton, but we did. And, th and that's the joy to this division. You come up against a team you're expected to win and they give you a struggle. I mean, we were talking about it before the Leeds game, weren't we? Rotherham, we only just beat. Mm. QPR, we only just beat. You know, and then we go and stuff teams that, you know, should have been giving us a run for our money and doing as well as Leeds did against us. And they didn't. It's, it's, it's a joy to this division. Yeah. We played Preston, who were up there with us. We played Southampton, who were a relegated side with us. Uh, and we blew both of them away. We said before this game that um, these were going to be the, probably the hardest game we played this 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 season so far. They are. Um, let me just go you some facts though. If you think that you know you walked it or whatever, I mean, it was ten goal attempts for Leicester, eleven for Leeds. Uh, we had sixty six percent possession. You had thirty four. We had 693 passes, you had 360. We had 873 touches, you had 526. That said, the only, uh, the only uh, stat that counts is the fact that you got one goal, we didn't get any. Um, and I've got to say, fair play to your goalkeeper, who had sweet FA to do all game, <laughs> with about the 91st minute, when he needed to make a save. And my God, did he make a good one. So look, well done to you. Um, at the end of the day, the, the, the um, we'll move on after this. Uh, but the bookies had got Leicester to be favourites, Leeds to be second, Southampton to be third. We're not underperforming on that, are we, Brad? No, and, and to be fair to Leeds, second, third, it's like when we do a player rating, isn't it? You six and sevens, it's they're not exactly Why underperforming either. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know, what I mean, we are, we are where we're, we're, we're statistically expected to be. But um, no, I, I, I am not under any impression uh, that we're any, you know, that we're suddenly going to not just get promoted from this division, but we're then going to go into the Premiership and start challenging the, the the top end of the Premiership for it. It's going to be a struggle when we go up. With this squad, because we've even seen it in games that we've won, that there is a lot they need to work on over the next, you know, 40, well, 30 plus games left of the season. If they're going to go up, not just as top two, um, but, um, you know, do do well next season. But that, that, that that's a that's a problem for the future. That That's not something we can do now. But we also have a young team, mate. Take Vardy out of the squad, and our average age is probably in and around the, the mid 
to low twenties. So yeah, we're all doing it. It's a great division to kind of learn your trading in a sense for yeah. these youngsters. And and, and, and you know, Doke said Doke to us before, before, before we played them, them that they, they had have second. That they had got a, a new team. team. <laughs> I think we're trying to do it at the same time, mate. Uh, that they had got a new team. Well, so have we. You know, we we let try you know half as many again players leave at the start of the season as we brought in. So we haven't got anywhere near the. You know, they both say, "Well, it's a Premier League team." No, it's not because it's all players that we have we have bought in. You've made some good signings, Perro. Maybe, except for example, uh, what's he called the other day, yesterday? He really did impress me. Uh, or Jimmy Somerville uh, down the wing. What a player he is. Overall, probably my man of the match, if I had to include Leeds players in it. Um, but, you know, so we, we're no different to everybody else. We've just had a very good start. And look, Leeds, you know what it was like from last season. It was such an awful bloody time last season that we are enjoying ourselves. Because, like I say, if you'd have given us this at the, at the start of the season, we'd have, we'd have laughed at you. We'd have gone, you know, what, you, what you're saying. So we're enjoying it. But well done, Leeds. You know, you got the win. Uh, I think you probably just deserved it because we only had the one, one attempt on target. I think you had about six. Uh, but everything you're saying, you can say exactly the same about us as well. Uh, and you know we haven't we we got eighty million pounds in for the sale of two players. We only spent probably about thirty forty million maximum. Um, so you know we we had a lot of a uh, lot of debts to pay off, shall we say? But what I want to do is now move on um, from the banter. And this is what well Rob we all know Rob Tanner, friend of the station, uh, comes on very regularly. Writes uh, was the Leicester City correspondent for the Athletic. And he wrote a bit uh, in this weekend's um, edition. Lead setback could be the reality check runaway Leicester need in the longer term. Uh, I've got to say, because I said right at the start when Hull beat us, that it was probably, I was glad that we'd lost that game early and we'd got a game out of the way where we'd actually lost. And maybe, I think he's got a point, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think we even said it, you know, in the build-up to the game, that, you know, Leicester have been a bit fortunate. You know, Rhoda Luck against QPR, I mean, I still feel that had, had, had QPR not got a man sent off, we would have still found a way to have won that game. But Sunderland was a game where, again, OK, we had chances against Sunderland, so you don't know if they'd have scored. We might have gone on to score two or whatever. But you felt there was a little bit of an edginess around the Leicester City display. And we'll get on to one of the reasons I think we're struggling a little bit in recent weeks later on in the show. But I think it was needed because I think we kind of thought we were just going to kind of ride this wave of not bad play because I don't think we were terrible terrible against Leeds I think Leeds were very well set up to counter us and like I said they were the first team to put the money where the mouth is as the expression is and actually turn up and do what they said they were going to do because several teams have said that this season and not played the way they're going to so, said they're going to so you know again we, we did it we did it during the game we did it at the post-match we're doing it here now credit to Leeds for doing a number on us and getting the result they they, they 
they warranted. They they warranted. I, I wouldn't say it was a hands. It wasn't like it was a one sided affair or anything. But they definitely deserved to get the win out of both teams. If that makes sense. And yeah, I hope this is a bit of a little bit of bringing us back down to earth because I think we were hoping we could just get away with it and find our form again. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I wouldn't go as far, uh, and PSF, this is probably the sort of headline he's seen, and I would disagree with this, but Enzo coming out and saying Leicester played well and defeat wasn't fair. I don't think we played particularly well, and, you know, Leeds didn't let us play well before anybody starts saying, like, ah, you're always saying it's you that play badly, blah, blah, blah. I don't think Leeds, you know, they, they didn't let us settle on the ball like a lot of... T- I mean, I hardly saw Vestergaard stood on the ball and now normally most of the games, he, you know, he, he gets the ball, he, he has a cup of tea wait he, before he passes it. He didn't get a chance to do that in this game. They game at it. So I couldn't agree with Enzo on that comment. No, I couldn't either. Look, for the majority of it, what Leeds did well is they completely shut us out. And, and and for that reason, we definitely didn't deserve to win the game. Do I feel like Leicester did or played poorly enough to have not warranted a point? No, I think minus the goal, we was very resolute. I think we cancelled out a lot of their work in the final third, just as well as they did for us. Um Yes, I know they had six shots on target, but again, uh, apart from the goal, and and again, this was played Friday. Someone might need to refresh. Remember, I don't, I don't ever remember a period where I was thinking, "God, Leeds are sieging down a goal; they're going to score any minute now." I I never. Good saves during the game, but apart from yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, one and one of them was was unfortunate enough to fall to the Leeds player to score. So, whilst I think Leeds fans would have. You know, notably been more frustrated than us. I don't think there would have been too much to grumble about the attacking efforts of both sides to have said, Yeah, Leeds had a few more chances, they were a bit more unlucky, but a draw's a fair result. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I that's just personally how I, I, from what I remember of the game. And you know, some people might say, Well, you remember a different game to me, but I can only go off my own, my own memory, I'm afraid. But I, I don't think it was unfair at all in terms that we lost the game because they edged their chance and we didn't. So I think he's a little bit wrong. Well, he is wrong to come out and, and say that. And we're going to come on to your team tactics uh, in a second and you're going to go through those. Um, we need to, we need to get Brad's tactic board back. That's what it is. I've still, I've still got the jingle somewhere. Um, but, Asked if he thought about making more substitutions. Marquesa replied, no. To be honest, I think the two we did were enough. Um, Now, I just want to um, read what he said here because it's interesting. Um, Uh, Asked if he thought about making more substitutions. said, no, I think the two were enough. Asked if he'd not even considered Makitea, who has proved, provided energy and a goal threat this season. said, no, because we were quite happy with the two wingers. They were creating dangers, and it would have been a change for change's sake. Now, I'm sorry, whether it's a change for change's sake, when you're 1-0 down and you're not looking like scoring, and in fairness, we weren't because we weren't troubling their goalkeeper at all. All right, whether you change the system or not, and you're going to come on to that in a minute, but even just changing a player, it just throws the defensive, you know, the guy that's, that's marking them off a little bit, 
um, enough to maybe cause a bit of confusion and maybe get get a goal. Yeah, if if we if we're not going to make subs because he's afraid that it's just like for like, then then what's the point in making any subs? Because how many times have we said that Vardy's on the bench and you bring him on and the defend the defenders look at him going, oh god, it's Vardy. Yeah, it's like for like. We've not gone to up front. We've stayed right up front, but we know the psychological difference he makes and the way he plays. Um, his style compared to, especially compared to Kalecci is, you know, it, it's something that plays in your mind. And I don't buy the fact that, yes, look, Fatou had a, another good game for me on the right. He was the most creative spark we had throughout the game, in my in my opinion. But what, why not put McAteer on? Mm. McAteer is, or was, the club's joint top goal scorer. He was on red hot form. He'd scored past Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. He was, he he might just be a winger, and I, but he's going to have more drive about him. He cuts in more than Fatou does. Fatou puts a lot of crosses in, and I'm not disgruntling that. That's his job. At the end of the day, it's the same with McAteer. His job as the winger is to try and put decent crosses into the box. But I feel like McAteer could have offered us something, even if it was 15 minutes. And he said, I don't want to risk him because it's his first bit back. Play McAteer. You know, put Dakar on for somebody and maybe go two up front, which we'll get to in a minute. But you know what I mean? There, you can't just say, oh, I didn't make them subs because I didn't want to make light for light subs. But you're doing that all season, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have Because we have I don't want to say whether you've got a plan B or not. We'll come on to that in a second. But... I just think if you're if you're playing, you know, I mean, in cricket, and I was watching England play Australia. <laughs> I'm a sucker for punishment, I know, but there we go. I mean, why do they change bowlers as often as they do? Because it confuses the bloody batsman. Uh, if I and I'm not a I'm not the, the world's most knowledgeable cricket fan by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, if you're facing fast bowler A, and you just hit him for three fours and a six and then they bring on fast bowler b it's still a fast bowler but he's not going to be the same and it's going to be just slightly different or am i simplifying things too much here brad no you're exactly spot on you know you you make a decision based on on, on, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a, i am a bit of a cricket connoisseur if yeah. you will you know like you said somebody who bowls round the wicket you know, might fancy a left-arm batsman and, and, and because he doesn't get the ball to go away from the batsman, he can whack him around the park. But then the other bowler comes on and he's right-arm, he's right-handed and he comes over the wicket and they go, ah, oh, yes, he might be a fast bowler, but this batsman doesn't like bowlers that bowl like that and so go into him and hit him on the pads and get him out of LBW. So it's exactly the same in any, in any form of sport like that. I mean, if you're going to put on a striker who's going to sit at the edge of the box and run through your defence like Vardy, why aren't you changing your wingers? Yeah, one winger likes to stay down the wing. McAteer is a winger. He's just as quick, but he likes to cut in more than Fatou. You know, he likes to do this more. Mavididi, something we need to look at in January is adding more depth on that side, I feel, because unfortunately for me, I feel like we get a bit 
zone zone out at one end, one side of the pitch, depending on where we're trying to attack now. Because Mavadidi had a spell in that second half, or he could have, you know, set up a table and a deck chair and everything, and played a game of cards with somebody because he wasn't that involved. We felt so, we felt such a need to go down just one side. So, yeah, make personnel changes. I mean, you were raving about these personnel changes when they were winning this game. So why hasn't he kept making it? I I, I don't know. It was a very strange manager performance on Friday. Do we have a plan B? Because all we seem to have at the moment is a plan A, but with, all right, and square blocks are still going in square holes. But that's the only difference. Yes, and it will make a difference. Like I've just said, bringing a winger on for another winger will confuse the, you know, the defence for a bit. Um, but do you do we seem to have a plan B? I think there is a plan B, and, and 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 this is why it baffled me so much on Friday because I'll bring you back to the Rotherham game, which was a fair few weeks beforehand. Mm. He made two changes at half time, and I'm not saying that now that might not be the first time, but it's one that stuck in my brain. He made two changes at half time, and even though like the formation wise it didn't change change the shape just altered a little bit because we were a bit more forward we put on a bit more forward thinking players we weren't shoring up that midfield with the defensive minded players and not there's anything wrong with that but we went a bit more aggressive a bit more at them and we got the win and he's and like i said he has done that a few times this season but that's one game that really stood out to me and i feel like we do have a plan b but i don't know if enzo bumped his head on the way to the to the ground and forgot that he had a plan B, or well, maybe Brendan Rogers had a brain transplant, and and really it's Rogers, you know, it's going to be like Scooby Doo. We're going to pull off the mask and realise it's Brendan Rogers back there. I don't know, because there was nothing. There's nothing I'd seen up until that game to say to me that Enzo isn't the guy that knows what to do when the going gets tough, because he's already proven he can do that with these substitutions and multiple substitutions. You know, he's not afraid to take a guy off because, you know. He's having a good game, but the, the situation of the game, maybe Leicester are 2-0 up, maybe they're getting down a certain side too much, so he wants to put a Chowdhury on to be more defensive. He plays the situation of the game, and Friday, mate, was the first time this season I felt like our manager didn't know what he was doing. Hmm. Well, we're going to come on to a certain midfielder and, and the options afterwards, but that's the team there. Um now, this is according to the BBC. Um, PSF may, may tell us otherwise, but it says there that Leeds went 4-2-3-1. And that's our team. And I've got an arrow there because Ricardo, it's always shown as a 4-3-3. But we know, don't we, that Ricardo goes into midfield, but he's put, when, when we're defending, he comes back to make it a four. And it's worked all season. But my God, did Somerville... <laughs> keep him busy uh, in that game. Uh, do you think we could go for him in January? Sorry, PSF, if you're still with us. Um, but yeah, talk to me. Tell me about the team. Go through your tactics, mate. Yeah, so now we'll come on to the reason it happens in, in, in a while. Right? The, the, the mystery man, the man of the hour, if you will, we'll talk about in a minute. Hmm. But the one thing that concerns me about this, this style of play at the moment is the excuse me the personnel that was on the pitch to suffice the way Enzo gets the likes of Ricardo to play because there is a very particular player 
that we if you want you can do it and, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about i won't mention the options but i'll we'll, we'll mention him it's it's this man on screen right now hey see like me and chris work together all the time wilfred and Dee. <laughs> wilfred and Dee is is a is a cog that Leicester maybe have just realised we underappreciate a little bit, and I know his transformation under Enzo has been brilliant. This this central defensive attacking midfielder striker has come out of nowhere on his resume, and 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 he's he's working wonders for us. Mm. However, and we'll talk, we'll go through the, the options later. I look at the options that that Chris has on the board, and 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 that potentially could play in that position. I don't think any of them offer us the same collective as what indeed he has i think we have certain players on that on that board that can play very good defensive work and can break up play but they don't offer much going forward and in this team in particular no i don't wish to circle out players but it's just by chance i get to use them as the example cassidy is very good at making runs forward and breaking up a high press is not the greatest at tracking back and getting back defensively. And that's that's no, that's not his role technically in this team with where he's positioned in there. But for me, this team works better having inverted Ricardos playing that style when they've got an Indeedy within five yards of them who can make a run and free him up. Because what I found on Friday was when you don't have Ndidi there, he's either got somebody too close to him or he's got somebody too far away from him. And what I mean by that is, is Ndidi's like that middle ground. He's, 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 your, he's your, your perfect filler to the sandwich, if you will. You know, whatever you have in your sandwich, that's Ndidi, right? And he's ready to drop back if needed and help out defensively, but give you an outlet. And he's he, this season, indeed, he is the guy who gets the ball after Ricardo maybe wiggles through the player. He, he, he doesn't even need to look up. He knows, indeed, he's going to be 5, 10, 15 yards away. Wherever he needs him, he's going to be. With Cassidy playing instead of Ndidi, we didn't really get that. Cassidy looks a little bit lost as to trying to figure out his actual role in this team because I found it very strange at times that he was practically hugging the touchline with Fatawu. And there was a big gap in that middle that we missed. And that was a, a, you could look at that gap on the pitch and think, God, indeed, he'd be running through that right now. God, indeed, he would be asking for the ball right there. He'd be in that little circle of empty grass waiting for the ball. Ricardo would have an outlet. Instead, he. <laughs> For me, Cassidy and there's others. I'll throw the examples out when we go through them. I said, why I think they're not quite the work in progress for, for when indeed he's away. Because he will be, won't he, Chris? Whether we like yeah. it or not, yeah. he's going to be away for at least six weeks. Maybe more if he either comes back injured or jet lagged. So we're going to have to find a way to deal without Ndidi in that midfield. And I don't think certain players are the answer. Because I think you've we've got either one or the other. And I think we need to find ourselves a player or start working on the training ground on getting one or two of these players to be able to do both roles like Ndidi because there was that, that gap on the pitch was missing an Ndidi running through it all game. It really was. There's the option we have at the moment. See, I'm going to go through this as to 
pros and cons as to what they give us and what it is. Hamza Chowdhury will run around like a blue arse fly. He's very passionate. He's very aggressive in a good way. All right, we remember that certain tackle on Lucas player, but over the years he's got a lot more maturer and he's and he's he's brilliant defensively. My only issue is once he gets over that halfway line, he hasn't got it about him. Now he's still fairly young. When I say fairly young, I think he's about twenty-five now. I could be wrong, but he's still got a chance to be asked to change his game up a little bit, learn a new role, and maybe become like indeed he has this season. But for me, we've got one end of the scale, and you've probably got two two options of each because Dennis Pratt for me is the same. Now, when we first signed Dennis Pratt, we were under the impression he was this attacking midfielder that was going to challenge Madison and, and, and a certain Mr. Villa substitute bench warmer Tillemans for their roles on the pitch. You know, he was going to be this ball to ball, box to box playing midfielder that was going to be able to run the show and, and, and be, be one of the main cogs in that midfield. And due to injuries, due to personnel fallout, we haven't really had a consistent run with Dennis Pratt in the team. And when we have had a little bit of a, of a spell with us, for me, again, he lacks the talent, maybe, for lack of a better word. He lacks the ability to be able to go from a, a midfielder to an attacking midfielder. So we've got someone who will break up the lines in the middle, Chris. And we have somebody who can get back and do the defensive duty, but then we lose that body in that final third, like I was saying with Ndidi. And then you've got Caste, who I feel really bad for because I've boxed him already. But he seems to know he kind of where to stand in an attacking sense, but not always because he likes to drift wide. And that raised a few eyebrows for me when he kept practically like Castagne and Faze last season. He was up Fossil's rear end for some of the games. I was like, why is he there? Getting indeed his space. And I I, I, you, I did. I said that, Chris. I said, getting indeed his space. That's why you're on the pitch to be there. And he wouldn't get there. And he, he can't come back and defend. He, can't, he just can't do it. The only one there that I have a question mark about, in a good sense, is Eunice. Because he was a winger that played more impressively for me in that number eight role and I and I think on four, I think had we had the option to play him for the last two games and he hadn't got that injury, we might not be talking about a defeat. I, I mean, you know, I, maybe I'm talking about my arse and just saying it, but he gave me early signs that maybe he's the player that when indeed he's not fit to play or he's suspended or he's away on Afcon duty, we might just have him there. So he's the only one that I maybe you know don't feed to the Vicious, as they say, I'm, I might be holding back saying, no, you've still got time to show me you might be able to do it because he's quite good at both roles from what I've seen of him. And, and, and that, you know, if there's anybody I feel that still has a chance to show me that he can step into Ndidi's out of Ndidi's shadow when, when it's needed to be, it might just be Eunice. He has, he has played it in that sense already. Sorry, that was that was me. I was thinking because I didn't know whether you knew I was going to start talking. So I thought I'll mute if I mute and you unmute. That that could work. That could work. Um, yeah, he's already played central. Um, I don't know what game it was. The last one before he got injured, so we know he can do that. 
Um, Cassidy, look, he, you know, like you say, he's young. We, you know, he's still learning. But um, I think Eunice is the one that's shown us, like you said, that he is the possibly the replacement. I can't see us keeping hold of Pratt. Is is uh, his contract runs out at the end of the season? He is a bit of a sick note, and I think we we we've got to accept that. I think I think even me and I like him. We you know we should let him go. Uh, and Chowdhury, I mean, he, he's a defensive midfielder. Why bring him on when he did? When you know, in fairness, we were um, we were already down. I think. We, when did they score their goal? Um, on fifty-eight minutes. So on sixty-seven minutes, he takes off Cassidy, who is an attack, attacking base, uh, base player, with Chowdhury, who's a defensive base player. I don't get that. Muted. You're muted. <laughs> no, I didn't understand it either. And I know this might sound a bit weird, but if I was if if you was going to do anything with Chowdhury, what you would have done with Chowdhury is you'd have taken Cassidy off, you'd have put Chowdhury in Ricardo's role, and you'd have moved Ricardo out to where Cassidy was playing because Cassidy clearly wasn't being entrusted with the Indeedy role. I mean, you can see it there, folks. You see that ma at, at the top, you know, between the midfielder, you know, it's like a massive circle. That's the gap that Indeedy was filling. And the way Chris has designed it shows it perfectly because that's where Cassidy was. He wasn't where he wasn't in, wasn't pig in the middle. We missed the middleman. We missed him. And if you're going to stick with that structure because Cassidy you don't really want him in the middle or whatever, and you need that, you want that extra body on the other side to kind of balance our wings. That's fine. But I think put Ricardo out there and put Ndidi and, and put Chowdhury on then that, that, that would have made sense to do it, but he didn't do that. And, and that's the most baffling thing because for a man who's made some wicked tactical changes and some wicked substitute changes throughout the season, it just baffled me how he didn't look at that situation and go, yeah, I've got a right back that's an inverted winger and can play a winger because he only needs to look at past games to know that he can play as a attacking winger. Why don't I? I'm not going to take him off because he's really good. So I'll shove him in Castell's position and put me defensive midfielder in that in that role because he is essentially a cover right back, isn't he? This season as well. So it's not like he doesn't know how to do that both roles. That would have made more, a lot more sense doing that. And I know you wanted to bring it up, so I'll give you the chance to now. Um, two up front, do we need to... I know this is an old um, thing, and I don't think it's particularly a, a favourite choice of, uh, of Enzo, um, but I know you wanted to discuss two up front. I think it's got to be an option, because in a few weeks' time, we're going to have Tom Cannon available to us. He's not that far off um being back we're also gonna we you know we've also got a young will alves coming in now i know that's a midfield option but again he's somebody who if you've ever watched the under 21s he's very confident in his own ability to drive forward now whether that maybe solves the indeedy option but you're gonna have to start having these plans in place to potentially mix it up because like indeedy in you know in in the winter we're going to lose in Acho as well. Now, I know people are going to say, oh, yeah, and you're going to lose Daka. I mean, unless he's going to get picked for the sake of being picked, I don't know, because he's not played. I mean, he might. He might still go. 
Um, you know, he might still go to, to, to the AFCON, but we're going to need to find a way to utilise our width. And I think the one thing that we really have missed in a few games and gotten away with until Leeds on Friday night was they were able to cramp us up. QPR cramped us up in that attacking third and so did Sunderland. And Leeds did it in a way where we were very isolated when we were getting it out wide and getting all excited because Fatu or Mavadidi had the ball. We then suddenly realised that Leeds had six players back to our two in the box. You put a strike up there, you give the chance, you give chances to NDD, to Cassidy, to Dewsbury Hall, or, or, or whoever's in that midfield area, or how many of them are in there, to get up to play, to give you that extra bodies. Look, Tom Cannon's not going to become a, a third choice striker behind, you know, Vardy and Ianacho. I'm sure he'll get his run when Ianacho's away because of. You know, we've not seen anything of Dakar and that. But maybe, I don't know, Chris, maybe, and we're just saying, we're just speculating that Dakar might not go on AFCON. But even if he does go, maybe you want to start making sure you're finding a way to give him 20 minutes every so often whilst when he's coming back to fitness. I'm not saying you have to go too up front, but how would Leeds have felt if instead of Vardy going off and Ian Acho coming on, they'd have gone, oh, crap, we've got a guy with twinkle toes who can come and get the ball short and he can play it in behind the guy who's going to run his knacks off and stretch the defence. I think we need to have it. And he did do that in a couple of games, didn't he? All right, it was only for five minutes, but he did have two strikers on the pitch. So, yeah, I think we seriously, starting with Middlesbrough, look to get two strikers on the pitch during the game at some point. And I've got to say... Stop it. <laughs> You've unmuted me again. Stop I'm it. I'm mute. I'm mute. You unmute. <laughs> there we go. Stop it. <laughs> so, so, Brad is so good, he says everything twice. Oh, I'm so good, I say everything twice, whichever way you're hearing it. Um, and that was the problem, is that every time we had an attack and every time there was a ball ready to be crossed in, nobody was in the box giving uh, the strikers that option. And we'll come on to player ratings in a moment, but KDH was kind of off the pace this game as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, there's the magic unmute finger. Yeah, he was. And you know what? We've It, it wasn't the first game. Yeah, don't you dare, don't you dare. It wasn't the first game, though, that Dewsbury uh, Hall's been off the pace. And... I've, Look, I don't want to speak for somebody who I don't know, but I think maybe just a little bit, he's put a bit too much pressure on his own shoulders because he came out, didn't he? And look, I love enthusiasm. I really do. It's it's a great trait to have, but I think sometimes you can be the maker of your own downfall because he came out and was like, I want to be the best player in the championship. I don't just want to be the best player for Leicester season. I want to be team of the year i want to be player of the year i want this i want that and again ambition's great being enthusiastic about yourself and backing yourself to the hills is all for it but i think what we've been seeing recently with Jewsby hall is when he's not been able to put in good performances it's got to him 
And I think there was certain chunks of that game, Chris, and again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone's going to shoot me down for saying this in the comments and say, how dare you speak this way of my beloved KDH? And I'll take it on the chin. But I think he, at some points in that game against Leeds, we said this about a certain Yuri Tillemans. I don't mean it in the same way as in no ethic on effort on the pitch, but I forgot he was playing. Yeah, I didn't realise he was still on the pitch. 100%. You know, and I, I think maybe he needs a few bench appearances, if you will, as we, we used to say about players like that. No, I, my job. I, I thought exactly the same. There was time to go, oh, God, I forgot he was on. <laughs> who, who's this, who is that player? And he has set himself high standards. Um, so, you know, let, let's let's say it's one game, but we know we look, we're looking at that game. So, um, but what we're going to do now um is have a very very short um 20 second break and then we will be seeing what brad thinks of all the players performances and see how many he actually agrees with jordan from the leicester mercury with the talksport fan network is the ultimate on-demand destination for the uk's best fan-led football podcasts including leicester till i die independent analysis and reaction for the fox's faithful the talksport fan network unbeatable club dedicated content created by the fans for the fans follow the podcast on the talksport fan network Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! Indeed. Um, and as Andrew says here, uh, it's not down to KDH. The whole team never turned up. We're not having a go at KDH, but we, you know, as we look at the team and we look and say, right, we happen to be KDH we were talking about, and maybe he was a victim of his own success in that he's been having such good games that when he has a bad one, <laughs> we tend to sort of notice. You know, you could also say. Did Vardy do anything uh, at all? So there's a few players, but we're going to find out uh, exactly now what Brad thinks of all the different players um, because he is going to go through them uh, and compare them to uh, to Jordan Blackwell on Leicestershire Live, um, which I always enjoy doing because they very rarely agree. I reckon, I reckon I'm going for I'm going to go for five that they will agree on this week. Having had a look at it, we'll see how I do at the end. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to read out Jordan's first? I want to go first, so I can get angry at Jordan justifiably later on. And PSF, you are right; he is a defender, and he was our best player. But that's a spoiler alert. But I don't think that's an obvious spoiler alert if you watch the game. <laughs> Sorry. Right, so Matt. I'm going to give him a seven. I think he was very unfortunate with the goal. Made a great save. And it happens. You know, goalkeepers union. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show before, Chris. So if you're new, this new. I'm a former goalkeeper myself. I actually came out of retirement to play six aside and in, in, in a winning game. But don't tell everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, you're not, really. I know, I know. Shock horror. Brad, Brad's a former goalkeeper. 
Um, but yeah, I don't think he he did a lot wrong. I think his distribution was good. He had a few shaky kicks, but nobody's perfect. Um, and again, he was one of them for the goal. He made a fantastic save and it fell to the Leeds player who reacted the sharpest. And apart from conceding the goal, I think he did very well. So you're giving, so you him, are seven. giving him seven? Yes, I'm giving him seven. Seven? <laughs> okay. Um, so let me write these down. Jordan. Okay, so what Jordan said was there were a few mis- away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. He passes early on, partly because he expected his teammates to be more awake than they were. And the long balls didn't always work. Made a couple of good saves, including the build-up to the Leeds goal. And he gave him a six. Grow up, Jordan. It's a seven. <laughs> yeah. I'm just hoping that one day... I'm just hoping... No, I'm just I'm just doing this because I'm hoping one day he sees me rip into him and he goes, I want to come on that show, Chris. I want to have a word with Brad. That's all what we're doing there. Uh, six, seven, it's, you know, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Um... We did just mention him. Um, oh, let me press the right mouse. Mr. Piera, Ricardo himself. Yeah, if you watch the game, this doesn't come as much of a shock. Uh, by far and away, our best player. Um, creatively, defensively, um, effort-wise to a degree. Um, and I know we lost, and I don't usually do this when we lose and i'm sure i'm gonna be effing and jeffing at a certain mr jordan in a second but my man of the, my man of the match mm-hmm. uh for the performance spoiler alert everybody was hoping i'd save it for a, a rainy day i'm not i'm gonna give him an eight i think he was the one player that could argue i didn't deserve to be on a losing team not that he would because it's not our mentor and it's not his mentor at all but the way he performed he didn't deserve to be sat at home going i've just lost a game of football well, is all he was also my man of the match, although we will come along to the official man of the match for Leicester Till I Die at the end. Um Jordan gave him eight. Uh he said <laughs> Are you all right there, Brad? Can you hear me? <laughs> Somebody down nine nine nine. He's falling out the window. City star man on the night, the Portuguese stepping up with a brilliant showing. He made superb sliding tackle early on to bail out Faz and then continually made important intervention to prevent further Lee's chances. He was calm on the ball too. Wow, wow, wow. Me, me and Jordan must have been drinking in the same household, which is scary because I don't remember seeing him knock on the door and come in. 
Um, uh, Wiki 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 out of the pairing, he's been the outlet that kind of gets us a bit from forward going from that defence. You know, if if Winks is still high up the pitch, he he used to get the he's I'm very used to seeing Wout Faze get the ball and, and, and drive forward with it. So I do feel a bit bad here, but I was a bit disappointed I didn't see more of that from him. And again, that could be tactical. It sounds like it was something that was instructed by Enzo, which then maybe begs the question, why didn't you play Cody? Because that's the sort of player Cody is. But I have to give him a six. Um, I don't think he did a lot wrong uh, defensive-wise, but some of the extra qualities that we're used to seeing from Wild Phase, I didn't see it. I don't remember seeing at all on Friday, so he gets a six from me. Um, Andy also agrees. Um he actually gets a five from Jordan, so five, six. Yep, there, there, that's a poor pass was very nearly punished in the opening stages, and Pro did seem to have the beating of him in one versus one situations. Uh, and it's just he's just been rounded that up with saying uh, not his best night. Um, okay, so um, well. <laughs> All of the season contender, and um, just be careful what you say here, Brad. I have the power. What are you going to say about Yannick? Chris's love child, um, Yannick. Um, wait, 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 wait. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till your Nacho comes up and he's getting a perfect 10. Yeah. But no, um, uh, again, didn't do a lot wrong defensively. I think he was very really sound on the ball again. He maybe missed the presence of Ndidi, and like Jordan said, I can't believe I'm agreeing with him, but it's, you know, about with a Madsen getting caught on the ball a little bit. I think sometimes Yannick felt a little bit like his teammates were half asleep around him because they weren't as they weren't moving as well as they had done for him before. I think we lacked a lot of energy for that, and unfortunately, I can't really score him more than I can his centre-back partner, which is a six. Um and off I go. Chris is going to kick me from the stream. See you later. You're lucky. You're lucky. It's a yellow. It's not a red. It's a yellow. Um, Jordan says he was forced into long balls early on and very few of them came off. And that that's what I said earlier, um, that you never saw him doing that, standing on the ball and saying, right, what am I going to do with this that he normally does? And there was none of those sort of 20 passes, me to you, to me to you, with Harry Winks. Um, in general, the Dane wasn't quite as good on the ball as he can be. Defensively, he was solid enough. And he gets a six. So he agrees with you. Um, so that's two. Two so far. All right. Um, James Justin. We were begging to have him back. Uh, the injury to Doyle means we've got him regularly. Your thoughts on his game? Disappointing one for me um, because 
I think sometimes, and again, maybe this is tactically, so I don't, I feel a bit bad here. I could, you know, you can only go off what you see though. And from what I saw of him, he did seem aggressive going forward. I think a few times he was caught out of position, didn't know whether to stick out wide or come in. And he left Mavadidi a little bit high and dry in that support role that he's supposed to be offering on that side. Um, I think he's actually a little bit fortunate that, that Doyle's out for as long as he is because I think he'd have his place being looked at under a microscope after his performance. I'm probably going to scarily be close to Jordan here unless he's seen a different game. I'm going to go one more than what Andrew's just given. I'm going to say, no, no, you know what? I'm going to agree with Andrew on this one. I was thinking four or five, and I think he was that bad. He really wasn't that good. I'm going, give, I'm going to give him a four. I think he's very right to give him a four. Wow. 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 Um, he was guilty going backwards a little too often in the first half, says Jordan, and that sometimes frustrated the crowd. But defensively, he was very, he was pretty good and made one excellent tackle inside the box. And I must admit, I remember that he did. He gets a six from Jordan. So he's uh, yeah, a little bit more generous than you are. Not as horrible. Yeah, get out of his ass, Jordan. He's not your mate. <laughs> well, was that one of the Mr. Men, Mr. Nasty? Because if it was, I think we just found him. Yeah, well, yeah, well, maybe I was, I was probably felt like the Simon Cowell of judges there, but well, he had a bad game. You can't, you can't give him a six when he played bad for me. Um, Mr. Winks, <sighs> wasn't his best game. I think he is missing his midfield buddy in Indeedy. I think he is. I think he's still not got used to how it works and links up with Castagne. Uh, not Castagne. Because I was watching the Fulham game. He's stuck in my mind. Um, um, Cassidy. I don't think he's quite gelled the way he has instantly with, with, with Ndidi. Um, but still, he has that Mr. Reliable tag and he was still very reliable. Um, something that's always been said about him, I would have liked to have seen a bit more forward thinking from him. I was really hoping that goal against QPR would have given him the confidence to maybe have at least had a, a, a shot or two from the edge of the box when he when the opportunity uh, arose. Not that Leeds offered much, to be fair to them. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with him, but not much. You know, I, I always say he's, he's, he's Mr. Reliable. He's that unsung hero in that midfield at times. I don't think he had a bad performance. It wasn't one of his most enthralling performances. I don't do things by half. So I'm going to say it's a six. Well, well you've gone for you've six, gone there. six there. Andrew's gone Andrew's for 6.5. Being the awkward spot that he is. But we don't do point fives, by the way. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> so you've been demoted to a six, so that you agree with uh, with Brad. Um, he was another to have a slow start, but he found his feet. He ran the show. There was so many times when he read the play expertly to get the ball, uh, escape his marker, and charge into space. He looked determined to get City back into it, but it wasn't to be. Eight from uh, Jordan. Ooh, so a big no, difference. Big difference. Jo Jordan. 
did 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 you get hold of some Jamaican Woodbine when you was going through these ratings, mate? Because I think you were a little bit too high for these ratings. See, I did that. No, well, I'm just being brutally honest. I don't think I don't think his glasses are blue tinted. I think he sprayed them blue because. <laughs> but no, usually you're higher and he's a hell of a lot lower. But um, look, I, I'm dreading this one, um, but I have a feeling you might agree. Very strange, because he had he sh yet again he showed us small glimpses of what he's capable of. But what was he doing out on the wide right? He was on, in my opinion, from what I thought he would be doing, I expected him to do that indeedy role. Run between the halfway line and the edge of the box, patrol that, give support to Dewsbury Hall and, and, and Winks. And, and he just, again, it seems tactical because it wasn't like Enzo was screaming at him to get over to the middle. It wasn't like he was being, you know, he, he was told he was doing it wrong and he came, certainly didn't get dragged off until it was a bit, you know, near, near the end of the game. So I'm going to have to give him a free because I barely remembered him being on the pitch. In fact, until he came off, I actually thought he was coming on as the substitute because Cassidy, why are you playing him out there? I don't know. And this rating is on his performance. I think I don't think he's a right winger or an inverted right winger or whatever you want to call it, but he certainly shouldn't be playing in that position and he certainly didn't pull up any trees. Whoa. Whoa. Shit is about to go down. Shit is about to go down. <laughs> so, you've given him you've given him um, and I've, I've scrolled down much too far, but Jordan he looked completely overwhelmed by the big occasion. The game largely bypassed him, and when he got one good chance, did fall to him inside the box. He messed up his touch. Uh, he lost Jorginho for the lead to goal two, and he gets a four. So three, four, yeah, you know, it's it's one and six of one and half a dozen of the other. Um, Cassidy got two. Um, wow, Andrew, that is that is harsh. I mean, it is, but it's not too much further off the off the way he, play, he played, really. And again, I do I feel really bad because I just that's clearly not a position and an air a positional of his game that he should be playing, and he clearly can't play as a wide midfielder, which is technically what he was. He was more of a wide midfielder than a centre midfielder, and it's just, it, it really didn't work out at all for him because he just barely had the ball, and when he did, he was probably one of the only players I could say every time he touched the ball, your head were in the hands thinking he's going to mess this up somehow, and he didn't have the greatest of game. Uh, and again, Enzo has to take some of the responsibility for that, but um, yeah. Oh, dear. KDH. Well, if you think it's going to dramatically improve, I'm going to disappoint you. For a few weeks now, he's not been anywhere near the Dewsbury Hall that ran the show for the first five, six games of the season. You know, and Dewsbury Hall had um, two goals against Coventry, full of confidence. He was having great efforts. He was creating great, great chances. He was assisting... 
And for the last four or five weeks, he's gone a little bit off the boil. And this was probably a low point in his career for performance and effort-wise because he did not showcase anybody. And this is why I wanted to talk about not having an ED in the side and how it clearly much is affecting us because Cassidy, not so much Winks, um, but Cassidy and 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 Dewsbury Hall needed to step up and just be able to show the the gaffer. Doesn't matter if Nidhi's gone, I can do it, boss. I'm I'll be your man when he's not here. And I'm going to give him a five. I know, I know. I I think I think a, a few ratings are well, not P, not PSFs because he's a Leeds fan, but I think Andrews maybe give him a six because he's Leicester. You know, through and through, and he came through. I think we've been a bit soft on him there. I don't think I think that was one of his worst performances this season because again he went missing during spells. Um, so he gives he gets a five from me. Have you played too much this season? Possibly, possibly, and maybe we maybe you know maybe if you know Eunice is available for Middlesbrough or Pratt and indeed he's back. You know, if these players are back, maybe we need to turn around to. You know, Cassidy and, and, and KDH and say, go and rest. I know there's an inter- a bloody international break, shock horror, but go and, go, and, go and have this game off. I'm going to give these guys 70 minutes, maybe the full 19, whatever, and we'll work on something on the training ground because something's not working with Cassidy and, and something feels a little bit burnt out about Dewsbury Hall. And we said this last year, didn't we, Chris? Funny enough, not to sound too Brendan Rodgersy with Enzo here, but I said about we said this about him when Brendan Rodgers was manager. We need to be careful because he's going to burn him out, and he burnt out last season. We look how that went for him, and if Enzo's not careful, he's going to burn him out. So yeah, it's it's a five that I think could have been avoided had he maybe not played against QPR or Sunderland or one of them too, and got a bit of a respite. Well, Jordan says. Uh, he was a little slow early on, but he warmed up and started to pick up good positions in the Leeds half. He wasn't as influential as he usually is, uh, but he nearly bagged a late equaliser only to be denied by a superb Meslier save. And he gave him six. Uh, like we say, five, six, you know, <laughs> potato, potato sort of thing. Um and look, yeah, it, it had had that had that header gone in at the end, and your goalkeeper not been as good as he was. Uh, who knows what would have happened? But it, I got to say, it's a sign of a good goalkeeper that you have nothing to do all game, and then when you are called upon towards the end, you make a great save like that. So fair play to to, to Mesler. Um, now then, Abdul, Mister Fatawu, the guy's Jorosel Bunny. Because he just never seems to tire. He ran up and down, inside, cut across. He is a talent. You know, and I know I've said this a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but if you say to me right now, Brad, Leicester are guaranteed to sign one of your lonely players, but you can only have one. The rest, no matter how good they are, no matter how much you think, they've got to go back and you can't have them. This guy's the one I'd pick. Every day of the week. And I know you could say, okay, Doyle's injured and that, and Eunice hasn't played too much. It's a bit hard. But if you said right now, pick just one of them, Abdul Fatawu, it's going to be the closest we get, Chris. 
I won't say his name, but you know, I'm on about he, he, this. This guy has potential to be the closest we'll ever get to replacing a player on that side of the of the field with what he can do. Chris, he runs the tight line. Yes, he has a bit of miscontrol, and sometimes the ball gets away from him. But he he's, he is absolutely brilliant, and and leads kind of sucked the energy out of the last 15 minutes and he died off a little bit near the end and, and that, that happens I would was it was it Meatloaf that sang it you took the words right out of my mouth because Andrew I was going to give him I was just about to say seven and he's gave it right Fatawu was you know one of the few that stood out in that game and get the contract because I want him in a Leicester shirt for, for well I'm not saying for five years, but I'd, I'd give him, a, I'd give him a long term. I'd do a Chelsea, give him an eight year contract, man. Give him an eight year contract. <laughs> you know what I mean? I agree. If we're going to sign any of, and you know, we, we've got it. Well, it's Doyle, um, Eunice, and Abdul. They're they're the three that I think we've got on loan. And Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eunice and Abdul, as far as I understand it, we have got options to buy. Does that, if you get an option to buy, does that mean that you have the first option? No. So basically, Leicester struck a deal with um, Sporting and, and, and um, is it Galatasaray? We got um, mm. Eunice from, I can't remember. Someone yeah. tell me to confirm. And basically, from what I understand from, I think it was even Rob Tanner. Well, I say collectively, you know, when it's normally released by Fabrizio, they all pretty much retweet the same thing. And I think that Leicester have essentially said, we will pay, I think it's 14 million. It might be a bit more. I know one of them is definitely 14 million. For argument's sake, say it is 14 million. We will pay them 14 million if he plays 60% of this season and that includes coming off the bench he doesn't have to start he just needs to play 60 percent of the games and maybe some other little bit of details and if he does that then leicester will have to pay that money but that's then like on leicester if they think he's good enough we get him for a steal at 14 million pay playing for he looks like he's going to get that playing time the way he's been played so far this season chris uh, yeah, so I think there's a few things, but what it basically means is if we meet them re requirements, the obligation, yeah, so yeah, exactly what Nate said. So, yeah, so 17 million. I knew one was at least 14 and made one's higher. Well, that's but if he does, million euros, euros, is that, so. I think so. So, yeah, about 14 million, probably for 15 million our, our money. So, yeah, Chris, if he plays 60% this season, Leicester are obligated to pay that fund. That fee for him, and, and and no one can come in and steal him away from that's, us if we that, go. That's the that's point. The point gonna gonna because as good as he's been, and just to say that uh, Jordan said he was poor in the early stages, but offloading the ball quickly enough that once Byron was booked, he came alive and tormented the fullback, getting close to the spectacular goal. He was City's biggest threat in the second half too, and created a couple of good chances. Gave him a seven. Who is a seven is agreed with you there, but yet my worry is that, like, you know, he could play in the Premier League now, couldn't he? And yeah, he, he, he would, um, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what clubs are like, especially sort of Chelsea, they'll be sat there thinking Arsenal, like, hey, we can nick this if we if we want to. Um, so that was that was my worry. 
Yeah, from my understanding of how the loan agreement is, is that if he meet if Leicester I'd say if he meets or Leicester meets, depends how you want to word it or read into it. If he does play 60%, then Leicester are basically told, okay, he's played 60%. Do you want to sign him? Yes, we do. Okay, then we'll take the agreed price that we have with you. Nobody can come in and say, oh, we'll pay you 30 million. No, Leicester are obliged to then pay the money. So if, if he ends the season and he's played 59% of the games, then sure, someone can come in for him. But if we if he plays 60% or more, Leicester have to pay that money for him. That's basically Leicester going, yes, we want him. And I'm sure Sporting, if that does happen, will be kicking themselves because I really do think he has that potential to go and play in the Premier League and hopefully he will with us. You've, yeah, you've, exactly. yeah, you've, you've answered that. that for me. So I'm going to ask you another question. Had we signed Luckman, would we then have still gone out and got Fatawu? And I know it's all ifs and buts and maybes and what have you. But if so, if we let's say we'd gone and 50 million for, for whatever it was, 50 million, I think it was for uh, Luckman, signed him, therefore we don't need Fatawu. Um, who's, who, who's, who's the better player, is basically, what, basically I'm what I'm saying. Oh, that, that, that's very difficult because you're talking about another loney that I had a very big soft spot for, and I really was gutted that we didn't make his move permanent we know why now we understand why and that's fair enough to a, to a point but it was a bit like oh what a player we had for our grasp because he could play up front you know he he, he scored goals for us he was played up front a few times uh by the bell end i still think we would have signed fatuwe for two reasons we signed Eunice and fatuwe because we needed a player on that side and we needed a backup and Fatawu's 19, I think Enzo would have gone, OK, I've got Lukeman, but I need me backup. I need competition for that side. I need a bit of quality and depth. I need somebody that if it's not going well, is going to offer me something else and I can put him on. Or if Lukeman's injured or suspended, I've got that player. And I think he would have. I think he would have been on the radar and I think he would have signed him, um, signed him, over Eunice and I'm not saying we won't sign Eunice I still like him for what I've seen of him but mm. in that regard with the, the scenario you know the scenario you've thrown out to me yes I would have said he would have signed Abdul uh and maybe not gone for Eunice I don't know um because he's also a future you know if Lutman would have come here got us promoted done whatever and in two two three seasons get snapped up by Inter Milan or somebody like that, or where he's gone to now. I forget where it is he's gone to. Uh, I think he's at Atalanta. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we'd have then had a ready-made replacement in, in Abdu. So, yeah, I think we would have signed him, and he has the potential to be like a certain player that I shall not mention. But you know who I'm talking about, or a certain winger of Leicester's golden era, if you will. Saying that you've just done a Dave <laughs> who are you going for who, who's the better player Luckman, Luckman. or Fatawu I'm going to give it to Fatawu because they're very close they're very close in what they they've done and, and, and uh, we are still only 15 games into into the season and you know only about seven or eight into his career at Leicester because he wasn't 
you know, he wasn't here right at the start, I don't believe. I don't think he played, didn't play the first game or two. So he might, all right, it might be 12 games he's, he's been here for. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think he does show a lot more of the potential side of things. So Fatawu is my final answer, Chris. I'd agree. And have you mentioned I'd agree. Mr. Rogers before? Shh, yes. Shh, shh. <laughs> the new Belen. I can't break that button. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah just. There we go. There we go. Okay. okay. Um, um, Boris isn't. Boris isn't. Go for it. Um. I think I think I nearly started making wanted posters um, throughout the game. I was very very concerned. I was about to jump on the on, on the bus to to Leicester and start handing them out at the King Power because he was completely missing. Um, couldn't get involved. Defensively, lead structured for one attacker, and I, I this was another sign for me that we need to have a plan, not necessarily a plan B, but we need to have a plan to be playing with two strikers because he was left high, dry, and no offense to him, but he's not the most handsome chap either, so not very handsome, as I might say, as a commentator. Um, for me. Look, works hard, run at the defence, tried to put them under pressure, did Vardy things as best as he can off the ball. Four. Yeah, I think even, I think even my blue tints are on for, for, for a Vardy four as well because he just did nothing and wasn't able to. But still, judging on what I saw, it's, 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 it's a four from me. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Andrew. Two, definitely coming for you. What can I say? Um, you gave him four. Well, well, um, yeah. Jordan says he was too static for one dangerous Mavadidi cross in his only chance inside the box. On the ball, he was fine uh, if he offloaded quickly, but he was out muscled if he kept hold of it any longer. And he absolutely, totally agrees with you, and four as well. So, um, for Mr. Eagle there, um, four uh, from you both. Um, again, I think he just wasn't in the box enough for me, and that's where we needed him because, you know, if you're going to have wingers, there's no point having two damn good wingers. And in fairness, we've got, in Mavadidi and Fatou, if you've got nobody in the box for them to to, to play it to. Um, he kind of had what I would now define in my doctorate degree that I currently have. I, I'd say that <laughs> Steffi Mavadidi suffered with Harvey Barnes Aritis. Um, wow. Wow. I, I think in the first half, he was very good and very threatening. And I love the fact that he's able to drive at goal when he's not afraid to have a shot. But unfortunately, with Harvey Barnes Aritis, what happens is, is the opposition manager decides to go and tell two and two players to man mark him and have a third one close by. You know, not like not like the COVID, not six meters apart, right next to him and all around him. So he's he's he's, in, he's not in a bubble. He's in a triangle of protection by leads. 
And unfortunately, when that happened to Harvey Barnes, which is why it's called Harvey Barnes Arrives, I'm afraid, it's a very, very sorry condition to happen on the left wing for Leicester because it happens a lot. But he was uh, he was not involved in the game. He couldn't get involved in the game. And, and I think in the first half, he had a lot of joy down that side and he was absolutely running rings uh, against that 17-year-old for the majority of that first half, but once the 17-year-old, and I, I apologise that I'm only saying that, I cannot remember his name. I'm sure uh, PSF will tell me who I'm on about there. I think once he had a bit of support and backup, Mavadidi was shut out. And because of his first half, I was going to give him a four, but because of his first half, I am going to give him a five. I can't go no higher, but I can't be too harsh on him because he did have spells of real quality and looked a threat on that left. Mm. Andrew agreeing with you there. Uh, he's gone five for Mavadidi. Um, what did uh, the esteemed Mr. Um, Blackwell say? Uh, he caused problems early on with dribbles in and out of the tight gaps. Delivering a couple of teasing crosses into the right areas, but in the second half, he was barely involved, his threat disappearing. But like you said, I think they probably did, uh, well, they doubled up on him, didn't they? Uh, definitely. Well, we're into the substitutes, and guess who's coming? <laughs> There we go. You get a double one for uh, for uh, Mr. Ian Acho. As we share the man love, sit back and just, well, what, what are we going to say about our cows? Well, first of all, that wasn't clutch Ian Acho on your artwork there, but... Um, it's now. It's now. That's, there, there you go. Kalechi Ian Acho had the same problem that Vardy had. Ian Acho should have been on from the start. Because, like you said, Chris, in that first half, Leicester were putting balls into the box. And I don't know if you've ever... Uh, now, now, look, I know Jamie Vardy's not exactly... He ain't too shabby with his head. He can he can still head a ball and he scored a few goals with it. But if you're talking a, a striker that looks more like a target man, um, and, and you can kind of have him lurk around the box or waiting for crosses and, and take and drag defenders away with him. You wanted Ian Acho in, in in there and by the time he got on the pitch and came on, our wingers were written out of the game. They were banged to rights. They couldn't get free. They couldn't get crosses into the box and he just wasn't the right striker on. I, I think anything and everything for a change friend so he, he did was wrong. Um, and unfortunately, that affects that affects um, my love child. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to have to hear that joke. He gets he gets a four. No, no, I love. <laughs> you can clip it, Chris. Just have it. Yeah. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. I'm not angry Ian Acho. I'm just very disappointed. <laughs> well, I think, well, I think I'm, I'm going to have to put a smile on your face. 
Four. Wow. Well, Jordan, there was a few nice moments of hold-up play and spreading the ball out wide, but when he got the ball in or around the box, his footwork was not quick enough for him to escape Leeds markers. And I think that says a lot about the Leeds defending, that they were they were just on us, not just in the defence, but all over. They were on us so quickly. Um, and he got a five. Um, so a little bit more generous leave my love child alone get out of his ass Jordan if I give him a four you can't go higher again when when I saw the lineup, I was thinking okay he's going to have him do Ricardo's job maybe we're going to a 4-3-1-2 or 4-3-3 or maybe he's going four four two. I don't know because because I, I thought hmm, Chowdhury coming on. Maybe he's going to mix things up. Um, but Chowdhury was great. You know, he he came on and was told to be the defensive midfielder, and he did that really well. You know, he restricted leads. I mean, he, what you can say about um, Chowdhury's performance is he played a part in making sure that Leeds only scored one. I mean, again, you, you want to scratch at positives, Chris. We still haven't conceded a goal after the 60th minute. Um, by the by the skin of its teeth, but still the 60th minute, Leicester do not concede. And I said that, didn't I? I said Leeds need to score before the 60th minute or they won't. Sod's Laura jinxed it a little bit. <laughs> but no, I would have liked to have seen him attack more, but that clearly wasn't what he was told to do. And I got that impression straight away that he wasn't going to be making bursting runs for me. Um, I could give him a seven. I think I'm gonna give him a seven. I was thinking a six, but no, I think he deserves a seven. Well, Jordan, uh, put in a crunching tackle on Somerville and then robbed him of possession again moments later to infuriate the Leeds winger. He was very aggressive, and that improved City. And he gets a seven, which means you've agreed on five, which is exactly what I said. Yes, yes. Oh, God, he's gonna. Yeah, cheers, folks. Cheers, Jordan. Means means never gonna hear the end of this. He's gonna he's gonna start making his prediction show. The how many times will Brad agree with Jordan show? <laughs> Can I just say, if I was that good at predicting the football scores this week, I'd have done. A, I've got more points there than I got in the prediction league. Let's so not. Whoops, Daisy. Hang on. Enzo, don't ring me when I'm on a show. Right. He's such a he's such a pain. Um gotta say, um, very, very quickly, thank you. The um man of the man. Oh, Enzo. What we're gonna give Enzo? I forgot about Enzo. Forgot about Enzo. Oh, this is this isn't nice, Chris. We couldn't have done a few of these shows before, so I could give them eight to nines because I can tell you that it ain't close to us at all. Uh, Brendan esque, um, head scratching, confusing. You know, we've used a lot of terms and descriptions for him in, in, in his managerial uh, performance over Leeds. Didn't make subs, and when he didn't choose the right personnel. Didn't play personnel in a stronger position. 
didn't think that going like for like was the way, but made two like for like changes. Got everything wrong, including his substitutions, which I've just said about Ian Acho. Enzo Maresca, you're getting the same number as you are letters in your first name. Just getting a four. Four. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, um, I've given him a I'll five. Give him a five. Jordan, Show off. Jordan anything because Jordan doesn't do that. So um, four. Oof, God, my God, have you not had your milk today, Brad, or what? <laughs> that's, yeah, it's that's, just that's, very poor. Just it was, wasn't it, though, Chris? You can't sit you here and say that. Yeah, but, no, we would. We'd be giving them all tens, and I'd be giving him an actual eleven. So it's <laughs> different. <laughs> Look. Alan goes to the match every week. I think he's the way I am with uh, Yannick and the way you are with Kalechi. I think he is with, with Harry, to be honest with you. Um, it must be out of 15, his 12th man of the match. Uh, and normally I can't argue with him, but I've got to say today uh, I do argue with him. I mean, it stands because he's the one that picks the man of the match. He's at the match. I'm only watching it on the telly. Uh, I would have gone for Ricardo. I think you would have done as well. Uh, but um, but Alan has gone for uh, Harry Winks. Yeah, I I, I would have gave it to Ricardo. Um, I think um, I think uh, Alan needs to come out and confess that he he too has a love child in Leicester, and it is it is the man known as Harry Winks because um, um, you know that that's just how it is. Um, but. You know, sometimes I think when you've got a player that's doing so well for you previously, it's hard to look past them as a player's man of the match. Personally, I don't know if anyone else would have gone with Alan's choice. See you later, PSF. And yeah, you might be above us by then, but that's only because um, it will, the next time we see you at a, at a decent ground, we'll be back at the King Power and it'll be a Premier League match and you'll be ahead of us alphabetically. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted one job in. Let me have the moment, all right? But yeah, I mean, normally we're sat here going, oh, yeah, well, it could have been four or five of us. I, I think Harry Winks was maybe third on that list of nominees for Man of the Match. But yeah, it's good. We get and a different would, perspective from it. PSF has gone yet, but if you're still in, uh, my overall Man of the Match, we don't usually do this, but I was so impressed with him. And it's something that Carl um, from the Carl, uh, from the. Uh, Levy and Thorne podcast. He's a big Leeds fan, uh, and he did say that this was one to watch. And my God, was he right? My my overall man of the match. I've got to give it to Somerville. Uh, I think he's come on really good since he gave up singing. And um, <laughs> but I thought he caused so many problems uh, down that left wing for Leeds. Yeah, he did. And again, I don't like doing it either. But I'd have to agree with you. I think. You know, if I was to be asked for a man of the match, not just on a less perspective, I would have said that uh, Somerville really did uh, mm. cause us some grief. You know, you know when you know when they normally do these videos, Chris, where where people go to go around with a mic and they go up to fans and say, "Would you swap anybody from Man U and you're a Man City fan?" And obviously, Man City fans all say, "No, would we?" Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, Man Man United fans probably ask them to swap the whole eleven around. But if you said to me, it's the one person you could sign from Leeds but on, on a performance that you've just seen, it would be Somerville. I think he, you know, he, he looked um, 
well, he's the reason. He's one of the big standout reasons they won that game, Chris, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. definitely. And I have to and say, I, have I, don't, to say I, don't, I don't think he's watching because he would have said something. But Doug, um, I was in the Levy and Thorn podcast yesterday morning, just in the chat, and uh, they were doing score predictions, and I actually said that Luton would beat Liverpool two-one. Uh, uh, I said, look at look at Forest and Leeds last season. And uh, to which Doug replied, <laughs> we're a different team this season, Chris. Yeah, not a lot different, Doug. Luton Town won, Liverpool won. Um, <laughs> it's embarrassing. And, and, and i tell you what, Chris, you weren't far off. Luton had the last chance of the game. I think either, I can't, I don't know if he, if Edison, if, uh, Edison, if Allison made a save or he hit the post, but Luton nearly did get the second. I mean, I watched the game. you got to say, though, Chris, well done to the underdogs. Nobody expected little old Liverpool to go to Kenilworth Road and get a point. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly pick up on that. You can't remember they're, they're on a shoestring budget, Liverpool. Ask Clark. That's what he'll tell you. <laughs> uh, uh, hello, Storm the Cactus. They have a prickly guy I've heard. I'm sorry, you probably get that an awful lot. Uh, I think Leeds uh, just were better. I probably wouldn't disagree with that at all. Just one last thing, um, a word of warning. Um, when you look at Burnley, played 11, won one, drawn one, lost nine. Uh, they've only scored eight and conceded 27, and they're on points, joint, joint bottom, and even United won at the weekend. Sheffield United. United I was going to say it was also a surprise that Man United won at the weekend as well. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember when Luton first got promoted? And I think they played. You know, I think their first game of the season was Brighton or something like that, and they got beat five-one. They got beat really heavily, and and imbeciles. And I will call him an imbecile. So he was a bit imbecilic in his decision. Like Garth Crooks came out and went, Luton don't belong in here. They don't deserve to be in a Premiership. They're not a Premier League side. Well, Bournemouth, Bob uh, Burnley, and, and Sheffield United are showing that they've got more of a reason to be deservedly be there than them two teams at the moment. I'm sure Dan will be loving me for making this analogy, but it's just showing, isn't it? It, it? it was all sunshine and roses for about eight months at Burnley under Vincent Company, and now they're and now they're owner. I mean, a little, you talk about embarrassing moments, Chris. Um, Burnley's Twitter feed before they played at the weekend. Was their masking their fans how they could raise help raise the atmosphere? Maybe try playing better football <laughs> would be a start because when your Twitter bases, when they're asking the media team to get better atmosphere at the ground, you know you're in trouble, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But we should, but we should take that, and it's something going back to what PSF said right at the start. You know, we do, and I've mentioned this. I've got to say, probably every week uh, since this, you know season started was. You know, we've had a better start than Burnley. We were more points than Burnley at this point, a higher position than Burnley at this point. And, you know, we have to look at Burnley and go, whoops, well, yeah, <laughs> be careful sort of thing. So, yeah, we, I, I just, I do look at Burnley and use that as a uh, as a warning. Uh, but well done to Luton. Um, talking to Liverpool, Leicester women, unfortunately, looking like the wheels are coming off. 
muted mate oh, cheers um no not not really um I, I wasn't able to catch the first half but i was able to watch the second half and we we're actually quite unfortunate look it was a great finish that led to the winning goal um for for, for, for liverpool in that sense but again very close very compact and you know on another day chris they would have got a draw from the game if not maybe nicked nick the points they had they had a chance this leicester that certainly weren't overruled and um it's a bit of a shame to go back to back you know just after the international break losing to man city but you lose to man city they lost tonight as well um so we just got to go again yeah they lost 2-1 um i think they lost 2-1 today so um um yeah no i think i think i think man city lost yeah (laughs) you got well confused though no but the man city men's definitely won their game against bournemouth (laughs) they didn't do a scott parker on them but they they tried to again this time but uh no, so it's yes, it's 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 you know because we beat Liverpool in the cup as well, so there's maybe a bit of expectation that we'd go to um, Preston Park and, and and get something off them in the league. It wasn't to be. It was a very good goal that won them the game. One of them cliche, it was a goal worthy of winning the game. To be honest with you, if you say it like that, but there, there was more positives than negatives from it. And 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 and, and again, look. Last season, it took Leicester 14 games to get to seven points. The fact that we're on that after game week four, or is it five now? You know, so I'm not too worried by the defeat. Uh, I'm sure we'll bounce back. And there will be more more on Leicester City City on LCID TV too. With Brad, you get over there and subscribe. Uh, LUFC lofts. You see, that's the problem when you come in very, very late and comment on something that you've no idea what you're talking about. Because that is the Leicester City man of the match. And had you actually played it back before you commented, you'd have seen that we'd actually, both myself and Brad, as Leicester fans, said that the overall man of the match was probably Somerville. But look, you know, why, why let the actual facts get in the way of putting a few smileys up and making yourself look like an arse? Well done, but you're welcome, LUFC uh, Lofts. Um, just check your facts next time. On that note, I've got to say, I'm just going to read this out because this was um, a point, and this to me sums it up, and it says, great win for the championship as it breathes life uh, into the automatic spots. The top two have been beaten by Leeds. Sparky has moulded the team into winning one uh, after all the drama at the beginning um, with the one-to-way Lone Stars. This is a victory for those who still believe there is loyalty. Feel to see Rutter get a goal after all the impressive work in the past weeks. It does keep the top of the championship open. And as I said um, right at the start, whoever finishes above Leeds is going to get promoted. Yeah, yeah, you'd be hard-pressed looking at Leeds right now. Um, you know, I mean, they have got some very notable wins. They've picked up the form after the shaky start. Um, and they're where, they're where they were expected to be, I think, now. I think they're in the top three. And don't get... All I will say... Um, all I will say to um, uh, LUFC Lofts is... Um, 
don't get the cart in front of the horse because you've still got Ipswich to catch before you can start looking at catching us. Because that massive FA Cup lifting win against Leicester City, congratulations, by the way, puts you uh, carry the one minus the games. Oh, still 11 points behind us. And have you noticed the thing about most losses that they're all totally empty with nothing in them? Well, yes, very true, mate. Very true. They're still oh, like a, uh, yeah, I get it. Very well, hot air, hot yeah. air, as they say. We only jest. You did, you did come in after we'd said and and said it all. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's all I will say is maybe just check things before you say. But you, nice of you to pop in. Well done on the win. You probably, like I say, deserved it overall. Brad, thank you so very much. Have a good um, week. Hope you can get home soon when COVID's all sorted for you. And um, we shall see you next Friday, is it, for the um, prediction? I hate to say I hate that. To say that. Yeah, I might, I, might, I might suddenly become ill that day because I, I, I think I've done a you, Chris. I've done a you and a me. Me and you are the only two to ever do it in, in our divisions. I think I might have got a big fat zero. I think I'm... Uh, I'm I'm dreading to do the maths. Who played today? Uh, Blackburn thumped Norwich three goals to one. Oh, don't Chris, don't do it to me. Let me go. Let me go. End the show. Let the. I'll get a point. I'll get a point. I got excited. Oh dear, that might be the only game that can still save me from from going pointless this week. Keep them in suspense, Chris. I'll I'll, I'll do the easy maths and keep everybody else in suspense. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. But I'll keep everybody in suspense. Maybe, maybe if I'm lucky. Have a good week, and I will see you on Friday. Friday. I'll see you then. Take care, mate. Thanks very much to to Brad, um, or as we like to call him, One Point Brad. Uh, (laughs) You're going to hate me. I'm waiting for the two fingers to go up from the green room, but I think he, no, Joe, I don't even get that. I get the number of points he got, which is possibly one. <laughs> and I wouldn't laugh. I wouldn't laugh. Um, I'm trying to be generous and give him the one point, you know. <laughs> um, uh, lost, lost, right? Yeah, you've won. You've you've won one game, mate. Come on, you know. Let's. Uh, let, let, let's reel it in. I mean, all your players were on strike at the start of the season, you know. Um, you, you, you know, it was, let's face it, it was like an FA Cup win for you. If that's the highlight of your season, <sighs> says a lot about Leeds. Thanks very much. We'll be back tomorrow night, nine o'clock, for the uh, debate show. We will see you then. We're talking refs. Oh, Going to be interesting. Uh, do you prefer? The VARF with the Premier League or the non-VARF in the Championship with Human Error? That's tomorrow night, 7 o'clock with Kate and Dave. See you then. Take care. Good night. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.